Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hi, this is Monica Packer, and you're listening to About Progress, where we are about progress made practical. Are you a goal maker? I honestly was not for many years. I just couldn't handle the disappointment I knew I'd experience when I inevitably failed at all of them. But then, in my weird experiment of choosing progress over perfection, something even stranger happened. I started making goals again, and they actually worked. This is mostly because they were better goals, ones based in me, what I wanted, what I needed, ones that were relevant to my current season, meaning what was actually achievable considering what was happening in my life, and ones that focused more on small steps rather than big outcomes. This was going really well. For quite a few years, but however, last year, 2023, I started off strong in making my goals, but by February, I had completely fallen off the goal bandwagon. I completely forgotten about all my goals. I wasn't tracking them anymore. Didn't remember my word of the year or anything like unto it. So this is all to say that as I bring back this habit of goal making in my life, which I really do want and I need again, I want to do so wisely. I want to do so in ways that are based in my soul and not all those sneaky shoulds because they have creeped back in pretty quick. To help with this and for you, if you are interested in improving and maybe even creating goals this year, I have Kate House on the show today. Kate is the host of the Live by Design podcast. She's a health coach, an online educator, and a slow but steady runner, which I love about her. 
As a mom of two living in a small town back east, her purpose is to help women develop the lives they want with intention, not overwhelm, to live a life by design. Kate is going to translate all of that into how to make goals in this interview. And this is for those of you who love to make goals, for those who have never made them, for those who are someone or somewhere in between. In it, Kate will share about how to make better goals by centering them in your soul and by not bowing to the external pressures, both in what goals you make, but also in how you make and meet them. That's all coming up for you after a quick break for our sponsors. What's a habit you want to work on this year? I already know mine is personal journaling. And if you've ever started your previous New Year's with the best of plans for habits you want to work on, but by February or March, they've already decidedly slipped into the good intentions territory. I want you to take me up on something that we are doing as a community in February, and it's called the Sticky Habit Intensive. In this intensive, you'll take one of the habits you want to work on and build it in a three-week immersive experience alongside hundreds of women from the About Progress community. In those three weeks, each week you'll get one live lesson from me on habit formation outside of perfectionism and one live group coaching call with me. So you don't just learn, you have the support to actually change. Throughout the intensive, you'll also have exclusive access to a private online community for more accountability and motivation. As a bonus, after the intensive ends, you'll get permanent access to the Sticky Habit Method course, my habit formation course designed for real women leading real lives. If you have little time, low support, and limited energy, the Sticky Habit Intensive is designed for you so you can leave our three weeks together with not only a habit that sticks, but also with confidence to form a lifetime of supportive habits to follow. Join us in forming a habit that sticks and sign up for the intensive at aboutprogress.com slash intensive. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash intensive. If you already purchased the sticky habit method in the past, then I have good news for you. Past students will be able to participate in February's intensive for free for this time only. Check your email for coming details on how to reserve your spot. Kate House, welcome to About Progress. Oh my gosh, it's such a thrill to be here with you. We need this. We need this because it's the new year and it's a pretty loaded and charged time. I know I'm feeling it too. Even for someone who was always working on progress outside of perfectionism, I still feel that tug of like creating this massive goal list that are very perfectionist driven and very all or nothing based, very should based. And I'm feeling that kind of ick factor inside, but also like the temptation to go down that route. Mm -hmm. And many are like me and they feel those feelings and they either lean into them like so far that they make that massive list that seems actually unapproachable and they lose sight of them by February. It's okay. That's been you in the past. Or they're also like me because both versions are true where they just don't even get started because Mm -hmm. that intimidation factor. So I just want to start by hearing what you think about this and what our relationship is like with goals and why. Yes. Complicated. It's it's so complicated. There's so many layers, but I'm so excited to dive into this with you today. I think there are a lot of external external pressures that make us feel like we, quote, should or have to set these big goals for the year. You know, there's 
this mentality of like new year, new you, which like gives me all the ick feelings. Like I want to be new year, same me, still growing. <laughs> you know, mm. like I, I don't want to just throw out all of the work that I've already done. Right. So I, for me, when I think about setting goals for the new year, I like to first think about how far I've already come. Like, how can we congratulate ourselves and celebrate the fact that we've made it through all of our hardest days and all of our best days and all the things that we've not just accomplished, but experienced, right? Um, and then I like to think about how do I want to feel this year? You know, mm -hmm. and that just feels so much more expansive and abundant than, like you said, this this tendency to just list out a ton of goals, right? And And how often are those goals something that we feel pressured to do, something feel like we should do that um, someone else wants for us. But if it doesn't light you up, then the pursuit of that goal probably isn't going to light you up either. And, you know, my show is called the Live by Design podcast. We're all about living by design and not by default. And for me, hmm. living by design means exploring goals and setting intentions that are in alignment for me personally. And it's okay if it doesn't resonate with somebody else. And um, all that matters is that it comes from inside of me. You're already reframing so much for me. And even just the word about it being, the word goal can be more about mm -hmm. intentions and, and mm -hmm. being in alignment and something that resonates with us deeply. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you had your own path to getting to this place where maybe you felt this way about the goals. So before we mm -hmm. kind of share more about how women can follow this reframing, and practical ways to apply it. I want to hear more about your story with goals. Yeah, absolutely. I love this question. Thank you. So so for me, it really goes back to, so growing up, I was very much like the straight A student. I know we have this in common. Um, the high achiever, you know, if I, if I was on a team, I wanted to be the captain. If I was in a club, I wanted to be the president, right? And I did all of those mm -hmm. things and it was kind of exhausting. <laughs> and it, and not that there's anything wrong with those things inherently, but I was always doing them for external validation, right? Because it was expected of me or somebody wanted that for me. And I was really good at performing and doing those things, right? But eventually that translated into, you know, a very strong academic career in college, into hmm. what looked like a dream career from the outside. And I had incredible colleagues in the work that I was doing, but I felt really unfulfilled. And I, I remember feeling so stressed in just in my life in general at 25. And I remember sitting on, I was sitting on like the edge of my couch when we were living out in the Midwest, my husband and I at the time. And I remember just crying because I was just so stressed and so overwhelmed. And I just felt so out of alignment. Like I felt like there was so much friction in my life. Like I just didn't feel like I was living into who I wanted to be. And I didn't know how to change that. And I just remember having this like ugly crying session with my husband. And I had this moment where he was rubbing my back and he was like, I wish I could make this better for you. And in that moment, I had this like, not all of us get to have like a light bulb moment, but I had this moment of clarity of like, I am the only person who can change this for myself. I'm the only person who can claim agency in my life. And what I'm, I'm not changing, I'm choosing. And I was like, well, I wouldn't choose to wake up and feel stressed and overwhelmed and like I'm I'm living up to everyone else's expectations but my own right so it looks good on the outside but I don't feel fulfilled in my daily life right and so 
at 25, I had this kind of like quarter life crisis right at 25 and drastically changed my life. And, and my goal is to help women so that they don't have to get to that point where it's like a 180, right? Like, how can we make these little course corrections along the way so you don't have to have yeah. that season of burnout? But for me, it looked like um, changing careers. It looked like mm -hmm. changing my health habits. It looked like uh, leaning into my mental health. I mean, there's so, it, you know, we're a holistic self, right? Mind, body, and soul. And so I did a lot of work in all of those areas over the past, oh my gosh, well, I'm 34 now. So the past 14 years. <laughs> yes. uh, and, and so that's really what's at the heart of what I do is that I, I want to help other women live by design and not by default to set their own goals with soul um, that are important to them personally so that they don't have to have that experience of waking up one day and realizing I feel out of alignment. I and, and, and in that season, I didn't even have that vernacular. I didn't have the vocabulary mm -hmm. to say, like, I feel out of alignment. I just was like, I'm stressed. I'm overeating. I'm not exercising. Like all the things that I knew I liked to do. I like to eat whole foods. I like to run. I like to do yoga, right? I wasn't even doing those things because I just felt so overwhelmed by everything. So how can we help women not have to get to that point and live in alignment and, and to live by design? It sounds like you were burnt out, you know, yeah. and that's that's something I think we can relate with to at least some degree. And that's mm -hmm. one thing I like about this yearly time. I actually love the new year. I love people having some of that external pressure, I think, can be good mm -hmm. to an extent. Right. Because yeah. it's a nice way to examine, like, where are we? Because there are going to always be little tweaks that we need along the way, mm -hmm. especially if we're trying to avoid the massive overhauls like you have mentioned. And as part of your evolution, you have learned to plan and to design your life, to make goals with soul. Can you tell us more about what the difference is? And I would say that both internally and externally, because I'm sure yes. they're both um, working together there. Yes. So for me, what, the approach that I like to take is setting this intention for the year. And now there's a lot of times this idea of like a word of the year, right? And for those of you who can see the video, I've got like this giant vision board behind me, right? So I like to set a word of the year, but my word of the year is more of like a feeling or an intention. So I've had words mm -hmm. like ease. I've used words like abundance. This year was energy. Going into 2024, I, vibrant is the word that keeps coming to mind. Like I want to feel vibrant in my heart. I want to feel vibrant in mm -hmm. my mind. I want to feel vibrant in my body, right? In my relationships, mm -hmm. like in my community, like vibrant is the word that really resonates with me. And so what I like to do is, is to take this idea of a word of the year or a feeling, an intention, because, you know, we connect more deeply with feelings. And so vibrant is the feeling that I'm going for. And then when I set a goal with soul, um, I wanted to tie back to that intention. So if I'm setting a goal for myself, um, like I really want to run my first postpartum half marathon. I haven't run a half. I've run like many, many races in the past. I'm not fast. I'm like the tortoise and the tortoise in the hair, but I love the process of training for a run and the person I get to become throughout that training process. And, and so like, if that's one of my goals, I have to make sure though, that that ties back to feeling vibrant. And so for me, 
I, I do feel vibrant. I feel energized. I feel abundant when I'm running. And so that that's an alignment for me. That's a goal with soul. Um, but the biggest thing is that these goals, they have to be important to you personally. You know, they can't be what your best friend wants for you or what your sister wants for you or your parents. Super well-meaning intentions that others might have for you, but it has to be important to you. And and I, I love your idea of a, a do something, a do something list, right? This idea of action creating clarity. And so sometimes I think a goal with soul, I mean, it doesn't have to be huge, right? It can be um it can be like a daily journaling practice because that feels really good for you. And maybe your word of the year is calm or centered or balanced, right? And and journaling supports that. But this idea of a goal doesn't have to be something you're going to achieve. It can be more about the way that you want to feel and how you can take small, consistent action to layer that feeling into your day-to-day life because your life is right now. So how can we really layer that feeling? You know, for me, how can I layer that feeling of vibrancy into my day? And and for you, it could be whatever word resonates with you. That's such a shift in goal formation because um, I, I've learned this with habits, you know, that mm-hmm. for me, they have to be more feeling based and because that gets me away from the shoulds. That helps me step away. Like, so when I'm thinking about the morning and I'm, and I'm feeling all that anxiety about, oh, here's all the things I know I should be doing in the morning in order mm-hmm. to have a good morning routine. But instead, when I focus on how do I want to feel in the morning, that helps me weed out those shoulds a lot mm-hmm. better. But I didn't really think about that with goal formation because I think we so often hear about smart goals and them having to be so measurable and like something, you know, like you, I can now check it off. I reached it. And I'm wondering what the tingle is for you, because I'm sure mm-hmm. it's not just the feeling. I like how you mm-hmm. said that feeling drives what you actually create. Uh, so untangle that, um, untangle that for us a little bit. What does that yeah. look like in terms of measurability or or not? It may not yeah. have anything to do with it. I love that. So I think one thing that you can, one thing is that there's no right or wrong way to do it, right? I like to think of stepping stone goals, right? So, um, and it can go either way. If your if your goal is a little less tangible, right? Like, so for me, if I want to run my first postpartum half marathon, right? That's a very tangible goal, right? It's 13.1 miles. There's a whole training plan that goes with it. And I like to break it up into stepping stone goals, right? So it's like a long run, like this next weekend, right? And I'm like, all right, that is my next goal. That's what I'm working towards this week. And what am I going to do to set myself up for success? I'm going to make sure I'm hydrating. I'm going to make sure I'm getting good good sleep as much as possible with little ones in the house, right? I'm going to um, fuel my body with foods that make me feel energized. But you might have a goal of of wanting to feel, let's go with calm again, right? I'm working with a client right now who really just wants to feel calm and just really centered mm-hmm. within herself. And so for that person, these stepping stone goals might be like, I want to journal 20 times in the next 30 days. And maybe it looks like a tracker that you keep track of for those 30 days. And each time you sit down and journal, you fill in one of the little boxes. Right? I like to make them hearts because that that feels celebratory to me, right? But yeah, that's what I, and, and I like to think of goals as well as soul as how can we make it a quarterly goal, right? Because sometimes we sit down and a year is a really long time. We can do so much in 12 months, but sometimes what happens is we start off out the gate in January trying to do all the things all at once. And there's a great energy to that, right? But inevitably life happens, right? The, the kids get sick, 
you know, last year in January, like our kids got sick, our dog needed surgery, like all the life things happened. Right. And then, you know, it's National yeah. Quitters Day halfway through January. And you're like, yep, I'm not doing any of the things that I said that I wanted to do. And it's so hard to get that activation energy to get started again. Right. So how can we start small and how can we shrink the time frame a little bit? Because with 12 months, we end up procrastinating. Perhaps we're like, well, I still have 11 more months of the year. I'll get started next week or next month or after summer vacation or when the kids go back to school, whatever it looks like. I find that when we shrink the time frame down to three months, the goal maybe is a little bit smaller, but it feels a lot more doable because it's not like you're climbing. I mean, I know you said you have a friend climbing Everest right now, right? Like we're not climbing Everest. Like what is that? What's that first thing that we have to do, right? And how can we start to layer it into our day and then build from there? So for me, for like a half marathon, I'm not even ready to start training for my half yet. So my first three months is probably training for a 5K or going out for daily walks for 45 minutes to build a base, right? And so making it smaller and then building each quarter of the year on top of the other and always going back to that initial feeling or word of the year or desire or intention that you have for yourself is, is the approach I like to take. It's time to take a quick break for our sponsors. Now, this is definitely the time for goals. But what if you were like me and you also added in the goal to have healthier skin in 2024? Today's sponsor, One Skin, will help you do that. You see, their products are powered by a scientifically proven peptide called OS1 that targets lines and wrinkles right where they start, your cells. This is not just another skincare routine. It's real science and is a science breakthrough. In fact, the OS1 peptide is the first of its kind to actually turn back the clock instead of just masking the signs of aging. With their full line of face, eye, body, sun, and travel size products, OneSkin doesn't only promise healthier skin, they prove it. I love that a third party 12 week clinical study showed that OS1 face is clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. I've been using OneSkin for about four months now, and I wish I had taken a before picture because I truly have noticed a difference, especially around my eyes. And I have loved these products so much. They're not greasy. There's not a strong fragrance. They're easy to blend in. You can mix them with other serums as you want. And I've loved them so much that I actually use my own code. And I recently ordered refills of both the eye and face cream. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspect of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code PROGRESS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code PROGRESS. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them, so please support our show and tell them we sent you. New year, healthier skin, that's One Skin. Have you ever finished an episode and thought, I wish I could buy Monica a soda to thank her for that? If so, then I have good news for you. For the price of one gas station soda a month, you can support me and this work. 
Supporters of the show get special access to exclusive online meetups, my secret reading diary, my private premium ad-free podcast, more personal, and so much more. Learn more about how you can support the future of About Progress and the three levels to do so by going to aboutprogress.com support. So I can be a bit of a how girl here. So I'm yeah. going to try to sum up what I, what I feel like you said so far and ask another follow-up question. So we're starting with setting an intention, which mm-hmm. is feeling-based. Yeah. And then from there, we set goals that at the end of the year, we would like to have met mm-hmm. that go in alignment with those uh, feelings or feeling. Mm-hmm. And then we create stepping stone goals that are just about the first couple of months that we can yeah. start with that will lead us there. Um. Okay. So. Hmm, I have a lot more questions for you. Let's start with this one. <laughs> if there was one thing you wish you could undo that people have in their minds about goals and goal planning, what would that be? Oh, this is such a great question. I feel like the one thing I would encourage people to let go of is that it has to be results based and that a goal can be a goal is worthy if it's on your heart to pursue, if it brings you enjoyment, fulfillment, happiness. Um, like I, for example, I was a, a fine arts major in college. I love to paint. And for a long time, I didn't paint for fun because I was worried that the end result wouldn't be, I don't know what I had in my mind, what I expected of myself, what I thought my past self was capable of. I don't know. Um, and, and when I was able to let go of like, it's not about the end result. It's about the enjoyment of the practice itself. Um, I had so much yeah. more fun with it. Right. And so. I that would just be the one thing I would say is like you can have a goal that that is this feelings based goal but maybe we can let go of that end result right so maybe you don't have to have a portfolio of watercolors at the end of the year to like show off to the world maybe it's just about the time that you showed up for yourself in those moments of your watercolor practice right like that's kind of one example that I can give um yeah. And I think the other thing that I would just encourage folks to let go of is this idea that, you know, we have a lot of recovering perfectionists in the community, myself among them, this idea that we have to show up perfectly immediately, like give yourself permission. Mm-hmm. And actually, Monica was speaking to this on my show recently. Give yourself permission to be a beginner, right? To not know what you're doing, to give something a try and then give yourself permission to find that messy middle. You know, like sometimes when we're figuring something out, like it's, it's not perfect. And that's okay. It's messy. That's part of the practice and part of the process. Um, so that that's kind of what I would share is just give yourself permission to be a beginner. Um, and maybe the goal that's on your heart this year, maybe it's a season where it's not something that's specific result oriented, um, but it's more about the person you get to become in the practice of showing up for yourself and showing up for that goal. That results driven side of it is something that I think is what prevented me from making goals in the past or for going mm-hmm. out the gate way too fast, way too hard. And at the same moment, if it's more perspective driven, like it's more about the intentions and how I want to feel, I could actually pursue that more um, tangible outcome because mm-hmm. I know the purpose better. It's not about that pressure. It's not about the should. It's because I know what it will lead to, which mm-hmm. is that intention that I, the deeper intention that I've set for myself. And and that's the thing we've talked about in, in my community bunch about how shoulds can be chosen, especially mm-hmm. when they come from a place of you knowing better what your intentions are, like your deeper values. So talk me through what this looks like for you. Do you start mm-hmm. planning in December, in January? 
how do you uh, get clear on what your intention is? Because in the past, I would set a word for the year. And by the way, I did this year. I have no idea what mine my, my was <laughs> now. Um, and that, that's because they were still, it just was so separate to me from yeah. the actual tangible outcomes. And now I'm like, whoa, this is a different, a definite reframe. So sorry, back to you and your process. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about how this looks for you to just when, when you start and, and how you get started on this. Give us some. Yeah. I love that. And you know what? You're not alone in forgetting what the word of your year was. <laughs> that's absolutely yeah. happened to me. And and that's oh why God. I've kind of created this process, right? So the first thing is that you can do this any time of the year. So friend, if you're listening to this episode mm-hmm. and you're going back in the archives of About Progress, right? And you're you're coming back a couple months later, you can do this in March. You can do this in April. But typically for me, if I'm thinking ahead to the year to come, my husband and I both take off the week between Christmas and New Year's as a family. We just love to like carve out that time to spend together and because we both work from home um, which I'm really grateful for but we have to be very intentional about the time together right because we're not having to leave and go into an office we're like okay no we're turning off the computers we're being like we are really present with our kids and that's the time I like to kind of do this process because I'm I'm really tuned in with my family I'm really tuned in with myself and it's a time of just kind of of joy and and ease and I try to keep my calendar really open that week and so this that's the time I really like to, I like to take that time to first reflect back on the past year. So I think we can learn a lot from the past 12 months. So whether you're doing this in April or July, or you're doing this the week after Christmas or the first week of the year, think back on the last 12 months on your calendar. And how did you feel in your day to day? How do you feel when you look back at your calendar or at your planner? Do you feel like your time was spent doing things that felt important? to you? Did you feel like you had more opportunities or did you have more obligations on your calendar, right? Like go through and and kind of do that calendar audit because, you know, how you spend your time is how you spend your life. And so let's look back on the calendar and let's do it in a way that's not judgmental, that's not hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we're not going to woulda, coulda, shoulda ourselves. Like let's just look back and just kind of like when my business coach likes to say facts, not feelings, right? So what are the facts? How did you feel? What were some of your highlights? What are the things that you did that you're like, man, that hiking trip was so much fun. Or like that do something list was like such a highlight, right? Like go back and look at the things like what are the things that you really enjoyed that you want to pull forward? And then on the flip side of that, look back on the calendar and say, okay, what are the things that maybe served me in that season that I'm ready to release? What are some things that I don't want to bring forward into the new year with me, right? So celebrate what went well, decide what to leave behind you, do that little bit of a time audit. And then I like to just get kind of quiet with myself. And that can look like journaling. That could look like meditating. Um, I love to walk. For me, it could look like going for a long walk without earbuds, you know, just being in nature, feeling the fresh air on my skin, even if it's a little chilly (laughs) in January or December. Um, And just thinking about like, what season of life am I in? Like you had mentioned, you know, this season of, of just having your fifth child, right? And so that means that this last year, very different for you than the year to come, right? And so Mm -hmm. I like to ask myself, like, what is my season? What is my capacity? What would be nurturing for me? In past years, I've needed uh, years where my word was ease, right? Um, Like my my brother passed away unexpectedly last year. And so in the time following Mm -hmm. that, I needed ease. I was like, I, I like, that's all I have capacity for. That's what my soul needs right now. Maybe you're in a season where you're like really energized and you know, maybe things have shifted and you have more time and space or capacity or 
financial means, whatever it is, and you want to invest that into yourself. And so what season of life are you in? What is that desired feeling? And then I do like to look at the year ahead and block off time for the things that I loved from the year before that I still want to prioritize. So like, you know, that trip to visit family out of town or um, that date with myself to the, you know, you had mentioned on, on my show uh, to the art museum, right? Let's put those things on the calendar proactively because we know they're important to you. So let's get them on the calendar proactively. And then think about, you know, here's the feeling I have. Here's the desire that I want. And then what is a goal with soul for you? What does that look like? And then I like to set those quarterly goals and then I distill those quarterly goals down into daily and weekly habits. And so that's what we do a lot in my group coaching program is like, if my goal for the year is to feel vibrant and the first three months of the year, I want to focus on my physical health and wellness, well, then I might spend a month prioritizing my sleep, right? Like sleep was a big one for me this last year. <laughs> How can I get my whole family to sleep through the night? And I might spend a whole month where like my stepping stone goal is focusing on our sleep habits and our sleep hygiene and, and everything that has to do with that. And then I might spend the next month really dialing into like, okay, now that our sleep routine is set and we have habits in the evenings that support us getting good rest, what is a morning routine that I want to then layer in to build off of the good sleep that we just had, right? And so, and I know you're a fan of, of habits, right? And, and so how can we take this big feeling, this big word of the year, distill it down into some quarterly goals? And then how can those quarterly goals then inform our daily habits on a month-to-month -month basis because that's where we start to see those kind of one-degree shifts like we learned about from like James Clear and Atomic Habits, right? These one-degree shifts are 1% better each day. So this idea of just a little bit of growth, a little bit of growth and how it compounds over time. That is our, my kids' theme of the school year. I do remember that. One percent yes. better. That, <laughs> I'm glad I haven't forgotten that yet. Um, now, like two or three months in. So with the quarterly goals, those are based off of the yearly goals, like the year, mm -hmm. yearly big. Okay. And and with those, do you have se separate categories that you consider? Or mm. is that still much more intuitive than maybe people are giving themselves the permission to lean into? Like, it's just about, hey, what will help me feel at ease? I know your your word you're thinking about is vibrant. So yeah. like, uh, tell me more about that. Yeah, that's a really great question. Yes. Yeah, so we start with that intention, that feeling for the year. We drill it down to these monthly goals. I, I do like to kind of have buckets, um, but I think that we can absolutely give ourselves permission to be like, what would feel vibrant? <laughs> what two to three yeah. things? I like to think of two to three goals to be working on each quarter. Um, for me, I like to have something that's like, related to my physical self. So like my my health and wellness, um, my movement, my sleep, my my eating, um, and my hydrating. You know, I've got my massive water bottle here as we record together. So I like to think about my physical self. I like to think about my um my work or my sense of purpose. Um so for somebody that might be your career, that might be a hobby that's really important to you. That might be your family. If you're a caretaker, you know, this the sense of purpose can be so many different things. Um, but I like to think about my my physical self. I like to think about my my sense of purpose. Um, and I usually have some sort of goal in relation to 
relationships. So with my children, with my partner, with my husband, you know, with my my friends, my family, um, some sort of thing that just keeps me connected with them um, and present with them. So moments together where we can unplug from technology and turn off the TV and just be together. So I kind of focus on like the family, the body um, and my my career or my sense of purpose. Um, and that's kind of how I do the buckets. But there are so many different ways to do it. Like we're a whole holistic self, right? So you could do like mind, body, and soul type of goals. Like what feels nurturing for your body? What feels nurturing for your mind? What feels nurturing for your soul? Um, I think there's a lot of room for interpretation and feeling into this in the season of life that you're in. Like I like to have two or three goals each quarter that I'm working towards. But if you're in a season where you're like, you know what, my capacity, I'm at like 30% capacity. Well, then maybe it's one goal. And how do you show up mm-hmm. in that 30% that you have? And then and then you feel content with what you did in that season. Because life is so cyclical. It's so seasonal. So you might have one quarter where you're, you've got multiple things going on. And then maybe there's a quarter where you need to rest more, right? And so I think a lot of this is just giving yourself permission to meet yourself where you are and to be kind to yourself along the way. And that's why the school planning with soul is so different because it's not like here's the exact prescription of how you have <laughs> to create your goals. And it's much more intuitive based, which for some of us might be scary. But I think if we lean into it a little bit mm-hmm. and even just start small, like you said, maybe just start with one goal and maybe just this yeah. quarter, maybe you don't have to have an end goal yet of where yeah. you want to be in the year, but it still is reflecting that intention that you that you set for yourself, that that alone can be a great way for you to experiment with this and yeah. and see if it can work for you. Um, it's funny I'm talking to you because this is the year that I did create my goals. And mm-hmm. since April, I haven't even looked at them. It's yeah. been it's been like a 10% capacity year. Yeah. But I'm saying this because I have been feeling lately it is time for me to get back on that horse. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I know I need to start a little bit more gently. That I've even been able to do in in most recent years. Like I've been able to have really intense goal planners and I'm like tracking every every week and every month. And I can't do that, I think, still, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of been getting in the way of me doing it at all. So I'm gonna take your advice in so many ways this year and and kind of do this more of an intuitive way than I've been able to in the past. And I think it's gonna be exactly what's gonna help me get back on this horse. I'm curious for you if if this is kind of rapid fire, I have like a couple questions. Do you have yeah. a tool that you would recommend or a planner that you do love? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, I actually have created a, a planner. It's free. Uh, it's a PDF that you can grab over at misskatehouse.com slash habit tracker. Um, and it's just an opportunity for you. It, it's a combination of a weekly tracker, a monthly intention setting practice, and as well as a monthly reflection. So you can start it at any time in the month if you're listening to this and it's like the 14th. Go for it, friend. The month can start whenever you want it awesome. to. but just a chance to think back on the past 30 days, think ahead to the next 30 days, and then distill those intentions down into some of those daily habits that you can track. There's a gratitude practice in there. I'm a big, big advocate of gratitude practices to just keep us present and grounded and to to look for the good in the day to day. Beautiful. We'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. And then for you next year, is there already a sole goal that you know you're looking forward to creating and putting on paper for 2024? Oh, I love this question. Oh, man. I mean, so many things come to mind. Um, But really going back to that word of vibrant, I'm really excited to feel 
really strong in my body again, like my physical body. A lot of times my goals aren't related to like, you know, I've talked a lot about running and my, my physical strength. But for me, my journey's been at postpartum. I was feeling really strong again in 2020. And then the pandemic happened and mm-hmm. I had two little babies at the time. And so just over the course of a couple of years, like I am a health coach, but even health coaches can have seasons where you know, maybe we don't eat food that blesses our body so much. Maybe we're not moving as much as we'd like to. And I'm so I'm really going back to basics with myself. And I just really want to feel strong and capable in my body. Again, you know, I'm a trained yoga teacher. Like I, I'm a very physical being. And I feel like I'm coming out of this season where I was like, I needed to slow down and and oh, like mm-hmm. not hibernate, but, you know, I had to slow down and rest a lot. And now I'm I'm finally feeling like, Oh, I'm ready to like, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to feel strong. And so that, that's where I'm starting from is this idea of, of vibrance. And I kind of want to just take that like a whole picture approach of like, you know, my vitamins that I'm taking and my sleep and fueling my body well and, you know, loving myself through movement and, and just kind of rediscovering that, that part of myself, um, especially now. Uh, my kids just started school recently, and so I have more time for myself again. And so I'm excited to kind of you know, get to know myself again in a way. So yeah. that's, that's what 2024 I'm hoping will hold for me. Awesome. Thanks for being willing to share that. If there's one small way women can get started on what they learned today, what would that be? Mm, I love this question. Choose one thing to do for 10 minutes each day that moves you incrementally towards the feeling you desire or the goal that you've set for yourself. So if goals feel too scary, you don't want to set them right now, that's totally fine. Maybe that's not the season for you. Maybe it's an intention or a feeling that you desire. But just give yourself permission to do it for 10 minutes and don't multitask it. Um, I love this idea of monotasking, right? So maybe you take yourself for a 10-minute walk. Maybe you do a 10-minute meditation. Um, maybe you do a cold plunge, you know, whatever that is for you, but just give yourself permission to make your experience of life a priority. Um, And that can start small. That can start in like a 10 minute increment, but just carve out that little bit of time for yourself because you're so worthy of that time. And with repeated action of of pouring that love into yourself, um, it just grows exponentially from there. Beautiful. Kate, this has been exactly what I needed to hear today. And also just uh, both both uh, an intuitive way of trying something new for me, but also still practical. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can do this. And I know my listeners can do it too. I would love to send them your way. Where do you want them to go? Oh, thank you so much, Monica. Well, this has been such a pleasure. I could talk with you all day long. So thank you so much for this time. Yeah, so um, you can go over to my podcast, the Live by Design podcast. Monica is one of our recent guests. So you can go over there and give a listen. Um, and then my website is Miss Kate House. So just mskatehouse.com. And that's where you can find all the things, um, all my different summits and courses and all of that kind of good stuff. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking the time today. And I will report it with you. I'll tell you <laughs> how things are going. Just, I don't know if you're, I'm sure you Absolutely. Care, but I, let's just make this an experiment that you can say, see, it does work. And I'll um, I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. 
I was so delighted by this conversation with Kate and she's just a fantastic person. I was on her show, she mentioned a few times, to talk about the do something list. So be sure to check out the Live by Design podcast. I'll now share the progress pointers from this episode. These are the notes I took so you don't have to. And those on my newsletter get them in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com slash newsletter. Number one, before you look forward, look back. Reflecting on how the past year went for you gives you information on how you can better make soul goals that match you, how you want to feel, what matters to you and your season. Number two, create a bigger intention like a word of the year and make sure your stepping stone goals tie back to that intention. Number three, with those goals, shrink the timeline. Kate recommends quarterly, then break up the bigger goals into smaller, doable targets that meet within those timelines. Number four, know that your goals do not have to be result-based. They can be more feelings and process-based. You can make them intuitively, not by prescriptions. And number five, consider making buckets for your goals, like your physical self, sense of purpose, relationships, mind, body, soul, etc. Your do something challenge for this week is to choose one thing to do for 10 minutes each day that moves you incrementally forward towards a feeling or desire or the goal that you set for yourself. As a reminder, our show is now listener supported. We cannot do this without you. You can check out the three levels of support and the exclusive benefits they get at aboutprogress.com slash support. Thank you for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. And ones that were focused more on small stat stops. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.